it's not so much emotional health it's emotional fitness your emotional like health or if you have disease is not your fault and it isn't agreed but it is your responsibility welcome everybody to the dream lifestyle podcast in today's conversation we are going to be talking about how to improve your emotional health we're going to be talking about how you need to spend time with yourself we're going to be discussing how you need to identify your triggers and we're going to be talking about how to take proper action to improve your emotional health and to have this conversation i have my friend and brother cj is back again it's good to have you sir thank you of course of course so let's dive straight on in because i know that, that emotional health is definitely a topic that i'm interested in it's a topic that you're passionate about um let's just kick off at the top with emotional health spending time with yourself how did what does that look like to you what is spent how does how does spending time with yourself benefit someone's emotional health? We are, I once heard this, um, this educator, he was giving this TED talk and he said that sometimes we treat our bodies like they're just the carriers of our mind. How we feel disconnected from our body sometimes. And I think it's, it starts for me when you have a holistic understanding of who you are as a person, that you have a spirit, that you have a body and you have a mind. And a self-assessment of where those pieces connect is where I think everybody should start. Yeah. Uh, your, your emotional health will, will determine the way that you live your life. It'll determine how, how your day goes. It will determine the way that people perceive you. That, that old phrase that everybody kind of goes by that says, um, you, you often won't remember what someone does, but you'll certainly remember how someone made you feel. Absolutely. So if we start out by really understanding who we are fundamentally and addressing those concerns, it it fortifies us. It gives us good information that allows us to kind of propel our lives, the lives of the people we care about, and our community to better places. Yeah. And I, I like that, too, because I will say even in my own um, journey with improving my own emotional mm -hmm. health, it really did start with getting to know myself at different emotional states. Yeah. So, you know, there were times where, you know, I'd be frustrated, but didn't quite put language behind. No, I'm just frustrated right now. Yeah. So I responded that way. And it wasn't until, and that's just one example, but it wasn't until I started really connecting the dots between like how I'm feeling versus with the actions I'm taking that I actually started to discover, okay, I see how all this stuff is starting to connect in terms yeah. of the mind, body, soul, spirit piece that you said that now I'm able to go out into the world and I'm able to say, okay, where am I at right now in that scale? Mm -hmm. How am I feeling? Because I believe that emotional health is, and I heard it expressed where it's not so much emotional health, it's emotional fitness mm -hmm. in the same way. Mental health is, is not necessarily mental health. It's more of mental fitness yeah. where if I'm able to work the muscle of my awareness of my emotions now I give myself the power to go out into the world the way I need to, because I, I think that emotional health, emotional fitness is being confused with being emotional mm. because it's one, it's like, and, and it, it's okay to be emotional. It is? It's okay. But I believe, especially for men, I'm just jump on the, I'm gonna put my flag here on this hill. Go ahead. I believe that one of the reasons that's, why society looks the way that it does is because more people are leaning towards just being emotional as opposed to being emotionally healthy. Mm. And it's leading to a lot of people, particularly men being ineffective because it's one thing like I'm afraid, like there's no reason yeah. why if just use a basic example, if the first of the month is coming, 
sure, I may feel away, but I still have something to do. And I think there's so many people, I'm mm-hmm. just generalizing it, but there are a lot of people that will use the way they feel as a crutch, which stops them from being effective. I think there's a process. Mm-hmm. And I think staying on men is really interesting. When you think historically, our role in society has been these protectors. Um, throughout throughout this kind of world, we've always kind of, we're the first ones to die. We stand up when there's trouble. And people are like, man, now men are crying. Mm-hmm. Well, things are sad sometimes. Absolutely. One, two, if you spend your life without understanding your emotions you will just die early like every other man for generations have it's 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 one of those things that there's a paradox that we have to explore here because we're the same people who tell children little boys oh you're you're tough you're cry don't cry mm-hmm. and then when you got when that little boy is 20 years older and gets into a marriage and she's like i can't get close to you right 100% i don't 100%. i don't understand you yeah. And he's like, I've been told for 20 years that my position was to provide for this house and you should leave me alone. Right. That we don't cry. So I think there there has to be a middle ground that is established. No one likes when everybody operates just on their emotions. It's annoying. Absolutely. Because it becomes you become untenable, untethered. You just kind of you just go with you, whatever you go with the wind. Like we don't know, we don't know what version of you we're going to get. <laughs> and nobody likes an unstable person. What does the Bible say? No one likes a double-minded man. Like yes, we can't be unstable. So I think there is. We have to find the sweet spot essentially yeah. of understanding our emotions, understanding that our emotions are some things that shouldn't be acted on, but they are information that are that is guiding us. That's so good. So man, you said that it hurt me. If I understand that, I can use that and I can change the way that I speak to you. I can under, I can explain to you how what you did was hurtful or harmful and how I could even understand that you didn't even mean it that way. But that's how, how it came across. And then I can work together with you to communicate effectively what I need from you and still be a man and still be strong. I think where it goes too far is when that becomes your identity. Yes. I, I, I often hear it said that your emotional like health or if you have disease is not your fault. And it isn't. Agreed. But it is your responsibility. And so we make good decisions based on good information. We get the information by understanding who we are as people. It's the self-assessment that you go through a day being like, why, why am I sad now? Like, I just went to the store. Yeah, You didn't realize on the way when you were listening to the news, something got on you, mm-hmm. something got into you, and it triggered something from when you were a child. Right. The self-assessment helps you realize, oh, man, that happened. That's an experience. But it isn't me. I'm more than this. And I can use that information to make sure, one, I help other people who are struggling with that thing. But also, now I don't go spending the rest of the day huffing and puffing throughout life because... Right. It's not all that. If you're in the DMV area and you are ambitious, I'm inviting you to the Dreamer Symposium. This is a one-day experience for you to get clear on what you want in the new year. And if you're tired of setting New Year's resolutions without seeing results, this is your solution. This is a proven faith-based experience for you to turn your ambition 
into action for 2024 success. And all you have to do is get your ticket in the room. So click the button below me and I will see you on December 16th. Right. Oh, that's so good. So I think that's the difference. I think we want men to have emotions. We just don't want them to use it as excuses for not doing the work that we expect them to do. That's yes. And, and, that's, and that's basically my entire point. Yeah. Like, Because I believe, to your point, there is a great middle ground mm-hmm. where I think when the whole emotional health, mental health conversation started, like it, it was very much the pendulum was don't cry, get the work done, who cares, forget your feelings, that yeah. type of thing. And then the pendulum started moving towards, no, why are you angry? Like you have a lot of pressure on yeah. you and everything. But now I'm, and this is my opinion from yeah. what I've seen, it's starting to kind of teeter towards, to your point earlier, where it's like, why is that, are you you still that way? You still sad? Like we don't, again, we, what version are we of you yeah. are we getting today? Like you don't even, I don't even want to invite you to the cookout yeah. because like, we don't know what you're going to get. We all here having a good time. You're going to come in doom and gloom. Like what? You know? Um, but I think to your point, that self-assessment piece mm-hmm. is important. Like all of us should have some level of self-assessment, self-reflection yeah. in our day-to-day life. Like for me, I self-reflect a lot in the mornings. So that's just my time. Right? So I think through, all right, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, you get up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, or, you know, I feel really good today. All right, well, why? Well, I got a good rest. I had a good dream. Like you, you kind of go through yeah. the the mental process of okay, well, what led me to feeling this way? And then it's like, all right, well, if that made me feel good, let me see how I can add to that, right? Like yeah. even your example of if someone goes to the store, why all of a sudden do I feel sad, right? Yeah. Like if you don't take the time to self reflect, you won't actually be able to discover ways and tools in which to whether to to either avoid. Yeah. Or to lean into more. Right. Because obviously, if you feel really good, right, if you feel really confident, you should keep doing that thing. That thing that makes you feel really sad, you should be able to identify, build an emotional awareness. Okay, why that made me sad. Let me do less of that. Yeah. Right. Or now that I understand what the stimulus is that's triggering me, I think that was our next point. Mm -hmm. Then I, I think it becomes less sensitive over time. Um. You, you go through a breakup and you hear that song and you're like, that was, that was, that was our song. That was that our was... song. <laughs> <laughs> that was our song. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And guess what happens over time? It still is your song, but you realize that I'm, I'm okay. I'm, yes. I'm better. I, it was an experience that brought me to another experience that's making me even the better. And so it's not a sadness it becomes like a, a joy. Yeah, it's oh, it's, man, it's like that? yeah, it's it's like an acceptance. It's yeah. it, to me like for me in my experience, whether it was in relationships, whether it was just in life. Yeah, there's just an acceptance of like, oh no, that happened. Like I like I like wow, I really used to like like literally a song came on the other day, and I was like, man, I, this song used to really tear me up. Like man, but now it's like yeah. like you kind of laugh about it because it's like wow, like that was that was that version of me. Like I remember that period of time. And it was great. It was it, it was a it was a period of time. It was temporary. I made yeah. sure it was temporary. But now again, you look back and it's like, wow. All right, like yeah. I accept it. Like that was what it was. Look, I have this idea. Nobody likes it ever when I tell them this idea. But I would love to have a lunch with every person I've ever dated. And I would bring Sam, my beautiful girlfriend, and we would all I'm just old talk. Man. <laughs> No, nobody wants to do it. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's <laughs> I, I, say, I don't know if that'll happen. Nobody nobody is RSVP'd. In past relationships, I've asked at the end, like, hey, don't forget about my lunch. And they're like, 
No, yeah. we're not going to that. Yeah, sorry, buddy. But because there's an idea that the things that happen to us and the experiences we have don't collect. I believe they're all for on purpose for a purpose. Yeah. And so you taught me some things. Right. You were generous and kind. I wouldn't be in a relationship with you if you weren't. I, I want to spend time around in places where I grew. I, I don't know. Nobody likes that idea, but I think no. But I think it's a powerful suggestion. Now, I don't know how practical it is in that in that arena. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna happen. But I love that idea and that concept of just you know all of this happened for purpose on purpose, mm-hmm. and each at least in using your example of you know past relationships, each of you played a role in this in the same way. You played a role exactly. for them, right? There was there was information gathered, there were experiences had, there were lessons learned, there were there was you know painful memories, there were great memories, and everything in between. And so let's all just get be aware, yeah, right? Like I know for me, before I met my fiance, I would I took an intentional month of really assessing, like in, in the relationship category of my life, what did I like, mm-hmm. what didn't I like. What were my green flags, red flags? Like I went through the whole gambit. Yeah. So that way, when it was time, when I knew I was ready to start dating again, I knew exactly what I was looking for. I was able to, to the point earlier, do more of the things that I liked that served me well and do less of the things I knew I didn't like because I had that awareness. And I was aware of not only myself and I was aware of my triggers because all of us have triggers. And I, and I, the thing about triggers I don't like how triggers gets like this negative mm-hmm. connotation because yeah, you, there are triggers. All of us have triggers that'll make us sad. All of us yeah. have triggers that make us mad. There are also triggers for happiness. Yeah, you know, there's triggers for joy. Like literally, if if I see a spades game being played, that's a trigger for happiness for me. Yeah. Like I like the playing spades. Like that's a fun thing, right? But I think because again, words have so much power. That's why I love language. A lot of times when people hear the word triggers, especially in the emotional health context, it's always, well, what trauma, what, what, what traumatic, what horrible thing happened to you, which again is included, It is, but it's not the full picture. And if we, if we as individuals never take the time to explore that other side where we always are exploring, at least if we're trying to identify our triggers, the doom and gloom, like what triggers me to do X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. And I never look at, well, what triggers me to just be happy? Mm. What triggers me? You you know what I mean? Like, you're never actually going to even be able to assign reward to doing things that are healthy for you. Like, you know, we and we've talked about this before. We're like, to me, I think for anyone that wants to improve their life, if you want to improve your life in any area, start going to the gym. Yeah. And the only reason why is because that is the only place where you will clearly be able to see results. Yeah. And so when you reach a place, especially with going to the gym, where you're able to, wow, I mean, I was really sore. Like that sucked. But man, like I lost a couple inches. Like I lost, you know, you know, and you get to see that progress, you start feeling really, really good. I think I love that you identify that. And it's the exact same. It's it's that emotional fitness that I'm gonna do the reps. The rep is I'm going to realize what's going on. I'm going to do that self-assessment. I'm going to walk into the world now with this information. Triggers are just information. Right. Some good, some bad. And again, if something's really happened to you, I'm so sorry. Like, life has a way of putting you in situations where, especially my heart always goes out to children. Like, 
people who make real poor decisions with children. And that kind of stuff changes how you see your, the whole world. And so we're not saying that, that this is going to be an easy journey. Absolutely. But if I go into a gym and I have never lifted and then I try to pick up 225, I'm, I'm going to get crushed by the weight of it. So it's about taking the steps that you need to every single day. You pick up a little bit. Man, this thing wrecked my life. You pick it up a little bit. Yeah. Because that, that inch that you get every single day working in that gym, you, you develop a different body. You de- your muscles grow. And so in the same way in our emotional health, we have to pick up the traumatic things as well as the good things. Yeah. We use that information to help us grow as people. And what it ends up happening is when we walk out into the world now with all this information, we make better choices. Now I know what I can lift. Now I'm not going to pick up anything too heavy. I, I can't watch that movie. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't even watch that genre of movies. I, I can't. Yeah. And, and once you start to realize, okay, hmm, this is just not for me. It's going to put me into a space that's going to change the rest of my day. And I have, uh, I have so much life to live and I want to impact so many people. You start making better decisions about the way that you walk through the world, the things that you listen to, the things that you watch. And then now you take that information and you make better decisions. Yes. It's, it's, it's fundamentally about growing. Yeah. And I think even too, when you're able to identify those triggers, you then have to take an objective look outside of yourself yeah. to see, okay, if this is a trigger and it's something that, and let's say it's a negative trigger that I'm going to stay away from, am I still able to be a functioning human in society? Yeah. Right? Like, for example, if someone has a negative trigger and they're like, I can't go to certain grocery stores. And it's like, if that's the only grocery store that's around you, like you're not able to really function yeah. well. Like I can't go to the stop and shop. I can't yeah. go to the shop, right? Because it just reminds me of fill in the blank, right? Yeah. And again, I don't want to make light of anybody's stuff, but you want to be able to identify that trigger, be able from objective view, okay, am I able to not do this thing and I'm still able to be a normal person in society? Yeah. Normal just meaning like I'm able to do what I need to do on a day-to-day level, take care of my needs and stuff like that. And then you're able to say, okay, I can fully just stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Or to your point, let me take small action steps. Let me let me face this trauma so that way I can get to a place of health and fitness and acceptance of what happened to me. But now I'm still able to function. Yeah. And that's even to the point where I said earlier about how people entering a space of they'd rather be emotional than just be emotional fit, emotionally fit. Because ultimately you want to be able to function well yeah. in society. Like it's not about, you know, just feeling right? Like feel your emotions are information. I love how you said that. Yeah. Triggers are, is nothing more than information. Yeah. And you want to be able to use that information to your benefit. Exactly. And I think the next step, oftentimes, if you realize and you, you, you're doing all this work and you identify like, it's too heavy for me, find someone who can help you lift it. That's good. For me, it's been my therapist for the last several years. He helps me pick up weights that I'd never thought I would be able to pick up. He helps me uh, think in ways that help me function better. I needed, sometimes when you go to the gym, you need a trainer. Absolutely. And so in the same way, when we're trying to work on our fitness, we, we need to get around people who have done the work to understand how our bodies work and how our emotions work. And they can give you the tips and tricks to, to get that little bit. You just turn that elbow just a right, little just, bit in. Yeah. And this is this weight's going to go up. You need to, if, if you really need to, and I think it's honestly most people, you need to talk to someone who's a professional 
um, because it'll it'll give you that those tips and tricks to make the big things a little bit smaller and definitely more manageable. Yeah, and I think that that leads into the the taking action piece yeah. of of it all, right? Where it's like, okay, we do the self assessment, mm-hmm. right? We understand ourselves, we identify our triggers, we get that information. But now we got to really do something yeah. about it, right? And there's there's two types where it's either okay, I'm I can do the work by myself, right? I can just stop going over there, I can just stop doing these things, I can you know journal whatever, and I'm yeah. good. Or to your point, I'm just gonna get a professional. I'm gonna find a way, use my resources, so that way I can get help in handling this trauma, get help in handling this pain point for me, so that way I can go on and live a functional and healthy life. Yeah, and I think that so t- so many times holds people back from really walking in all that they ha- that's there for them that God has for them because they don't want to take the necessary action because you know it might be stigmatized or it might be scary or whatever and it's like your life is on the line yeah. like truthfully and that's that's the way you should look at it like where it's like no your life is on the line so you really should do what's necessary whether that's again talk with somebody yeah. talk with a therapist talk with your pastor talk with your parents Talk with your significant other, yeah. like whatever it is, talk to somebody. Because even in talking, again, to my point where I always say, like, you never lose, yeah. they're either going to handle you well or they're not going to handle you well. That's still information for you to use exactly. and leverage. I, I, when I was going through like my hardest times, it kind of made me think of this analogy, this this metaphor. Oftentimes we're like People who build uh, igloo in the middle of a winter storm. The weirdest thing about igloos mm. is that they're very warm inside. It's made out of really cold stuff, but it has an insulating property to it. And when we sit inside, we can find comfort in something made out of our own trauma. So. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I don't want anybody near me. I want to. I want to bring things in real close. And so, because I'm depressed, I, I, I'm going to see the world through that. And I'm going to set up shop in the midst of a storm. And guess what? I'm going to act out. I, if 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 I've been hurt and and somebody abused me, then I'm going to choose to be promiscu- promiscuous. Because I have the agency over myself now. I'm gonna, I was hurting this way. And so the way that I find my strength is to use the very thing that hurt me yeah. to make a home. And then, then we have good people who like, I, I don't know how to get it. It's too dark here. It's comfortable though. Yeah. It feels safe. You're still in the middle of the storm, but you found some warmth and you found some comfort there. And then someone says, walk with me. Come, come let's get out of this. You're like... It's cold out there. Right, right. Do you know what I experienced? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Do you know how that hurt me? So I I choose my body. I use it the way that I want. You you just made an igloo out of the stuff that hurt you. And so it's a long walk often to safety. Yes. And so people often make judgments about people especially with their emotional health or if they end up getting caught in like things like addiction and and you i always kind of understand their position because drugs feel good yeah 
When I'm hurt, hurting people feels good. Right. When I've been abused, abusing others makes me feel like I have a sense of power when I didn't have one. It takes effort to walk out into the storm. Now, if you've been there long enough, and I know there's some people who have been there a long time, at that point you put up pictures, like all the company that you invite, uh, they also live in igloos too because right. they you don't, you don't want to be close to anybody who's living on the beach. But but the trick is, and it, it makes me sad sometimes to say this because it feels like it doesn't really, it's like a big thing. You just got to take a step. Yeah, it's just one step. It's just one it's step. It's one step, one action step. And I, and I will say to just encourage anybody out there, like, God never wastes a pain. Mm-mm. You know, we're having a really great conversation about emotional health. And I think what is, you know, is a great conversation because we're giving really practical action steps to, you know, stay at a place of emotional fitness and yeah. mental fitness and everything like that. But we never want to overlook the fact that there's somebody listening out there yeah. that has been through the worst where you might have had your agency taken from you, you might have had you might have lost somebody. Life happens. You know, we know that the word says that the devil only comes to steal, kill and destroy. And for some people out there, the devil has stolen, he's killed and he's destroyed some things in your life. And I want to be the one to tell you as someone that I've dealt with suicidal ideation, I've dealt with depression, I've dealt with anxiety. You know, I've dealt with these things. God will never waste a pain because he always work puts things together for good for the those of for those who believe in him. And I'm telling you that if you'd make the decision to take one small step, yeah, not a big one, whether it's, you know, again, for me, my one big step was getting up and brushing my teeth every day yeah. when I was at my lowest of lows. Like that was my one big step. My one big step was yeah. brushing my teeth because I wanted to just be in my room in bed, yeah. lights off, you know. But I, again, I truly want to encourage anybody, take that one small step to improve your life and not just improve your life for success and things. Take one small step that will save your life because your life is worth it. I know yeah. that it might not feel that way. I know that you know things might not have come out the way you expected them to. I, may, I know you may have experienced disappointment, but I'm telling you, stay the course. Your life is worth it. It's worth it to go out of your igloo. Yeah, there's there's so much more out for you out there for you in your igloo, but you have to take that step, one step at a time. However, you got to take it. The Bible said, "I come because I want you to have life and life more More abundant." abundant. That's what I'm talking about. And so you take that step, and and that step leads to another step. Oh, you might actually even run back in. Life got scary again. Come back out. Yeah. Start walking again. Yeah. Every single day, brush your teeth, comb your hair, talk to somebody, ask for help. Oh, man, that person, they said they would help me. They didn't help. Ask another person. I think the steps are just the same thing as, as we're working on any kind of health. It's getting good people around you. Yes. Not people who, who say, man, wow, what was you that looked yeah. so bad? But people say, man, you're fundamentally better than this. Yes. And that these experiences that you have will be the things that you will help other people. And guess what? At a point in your life, you'll be so good that you will go start walking on, knocking on some igloos and right. be like, come, come on. out. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to hold, and you're weak. It's cold out. It's cold out here. It's warmer back inside with your trauma. It's warmer back inside with your addiction. It feels good. But if you take a couple steps with me, we get far enough into the sun, 
This Storm Mono was last. So good. And in the end, you stand, I always like to see it as setting on a beach with the sun and the water kind of crashing upon your feet. There's a freedom. Yes. So, so do the steps that we talked about. You really need to do self-assessment. Hey, why am I in the same thing over and over again? Yeah. This is this is the same dude again. This was Gerald and Daryl and and Darnell. Why is it the same dude? Because you're just stuck in that. You, you you built you saw your mom get abused. That became what you thought love looked like. Yeah. And so now these dudes abuse you, and you're like, this is this is this you're is right, what same my, old cycle. It's the same cycle. Got, gotta identify those cycles. And then you meet a dude and he's like, Man, I love you, and you're good, and you're worthy. And you're like, this dude is lame. <laughs> because you don't have any experience with right this. right no point of reference your, your safety is in being in situations that put you in roller coasters because that's what it felt like as a child take a step away it can be better you can be loved and it could feel just most of the time good yeah so that the, there is there's radical freedom at the end of understanding your own emotional health and it will change the way that you live. It'll change the way that your family lives. So now your daughter doesn't see it either. Yeah. Because you picked a good dude who's kind of boring because he goes to work every day, but he's always home at five. And he always makes sure he picks up his daughter as soon as he walks in the door. She gets to see a fundamentally different version. So you get blessed and your child gets blessed. And now when your mom sees this dude in this, it's 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 become it sets off this reaction it that is. changes yeah. everyone in your community once you start to understand that the trauma it's not fair you shouldn't have experienced it people took advantage of you but if you if you can step far enough away from it to gain the perspective to realize that it's i'd rather just be free <laughs> yeah and I, I want everybody behind me to be free and if i make this choice I saw this TikTok and it just blessed me. It was this girl. She said, man, I'm I'm a generational curse breaker. That's good. That's good. I stand on the precipice of, of better for my family. And if I do it right, if I take these steps, I continue to walk forward, I continue to do self-assessment, then the sun that we'll all stand in is going to be so bright. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's important. That's so good. That's so good, man. Well, look, I, I hope that you guys got... Uh, value out of this amazing conversation because we certainly had a blast having it um man be sure to share this with somebody share this with somebody please i implore you i will even go as far to beg you share this with somebody because you never know what anybody else is going through never and this could be the very conversation that they need to hear that can save their life so be sure of course like comment subscribe all that fun stuff but share this with somebody that you love and care about um of course as always as you prepare for next week's conversation go check out um last week's conversation man this was a blessing this was this really was a blessing um and of course you guys know always remember your dream is possible as long as you're willing to work for it. We'll see you guys next week.